This podcast is brought to you by A Copy Match. A Copy Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agopymatch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on a talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a 60-second audio question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. It literally takes one minute. And if you're too nervous for audio, you can also send a written question. It's okay. My next guest is online dating coach, Erica Etten. Hi. Hi. That's me. <laughs> Welcome back. So if you're Thank a new you. listener and you don't know this and you haven't binge watched Ask a Matchmaker, Erica was our first episode and uh, she was definitely there during the live webinars of Ask a Matchmaker when the pandemic kicked off. Yes, I was. I missed those. I missed those too. It was a, it was a simpler time. It was a time when we thought, oh, this will be over in like four months. I know. We thought a stressful day was when we forgot to eat lunch at noon, you know? I don't know what that feels like because I, you know, I don't don't even know where that came from. (laughs) I just know that I remember back in March when I was like too pregnant, um, asking my husband, like, so like, do you, when do you think it's going to be over? And like, he's like, end of June I don't know yeah that's what we thought I I mean I remember people whose weddings were like in May they're like yeah it'll be no problem yeah no I remember that I I host a conference every year for our colleagues with two other matchmakers Mm -hmm. and I remember having conversation with them in April in April Yep. And trying to convince one of the matchmakers it was not convincing but it was like a conversation where I was like listen there is no conference happening in November like it's not happening we need to make that decision right now. And there was like, there was a bit of a rebuttal, but then we just kind of were like, okay, you know, no, you know, we can't do it. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, we were young and stupid then. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've grown so much. You know, my daughter turns seven months old. That's nuts. In like, in two days. And you know, what's funny is because I've never really taken her out of the house except for pediatrician appointments like four uh-huh. times. All the time, it just feels like kind of squished together. Well, she measures the pandemic for you. You know, however old she is. Yeah. Is the length but I of- also just don't have any like context or memories for her. Like, you know, I remember with my son, I would take him to like a diner with my, my girlfriends. Right. Or I would take him like to the mall or, you know, I would like do different activities. I would travel with him Yeah, come to a dating conference when he was three months old and I had him in the lobby. Well, you'll and, make up uh, for lost yeah. time with her. Yeah. I'm not worried, but I just love like thinking about like how much time has passed and yet anyway. And then, and then the questions have the questions on ask a matchmaker, like they're kind of similar, but they're really different. You mean due to COVID? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm also getting similar questions, but they all have nuance now, whereas they didn't before. Right. Like what kind of, uh, give me an example. Well, just like nuance of like, do I have to tell someone I've been kissing other people? You know, that's not a question Um... either of us would have been asked pre-March. Of course you don't have to, but now it's like, well, 
depends on how both of you feel about COVID and both of you feel about social distancing and exclusivity and all of these other things that just makes life, I'll just say more interesting. You know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about this app. I'm not going to say their name, but every year they show up at the, the, the big dating conferences, not just the matchmaking conferences. Yes. If you're listening, the dating industry has multiple conferences a year for online dating sites, uh, affiliates, payment mm-hmm. systems, and matchmakers. Mm-hmm. And yep. there's this one dating site that always shows up that is um, where they do like DNA swabbing to like do <laughs> SCD checks. And I've always kind of rolled my eyes at it. Like that's a lot to ask for people to like give. And yet there's still a stigma on certain things, uh, which a lot of people have. So you're kind of gambling with your personal information. But now I'm thinking, oh, is like COVID tests, will that be included in the DNA? Well, that's interesting because I just wrote an article on whether people's vaccine status is going Mm -hmm. to go in their online dating profile. I think people are going to put that in there like a badge of honor. So I seriously think it's going to be, maybe we should make it happen where in everyone's online dating profile, after they get the vaccine, there's like an emoji that equals having gotten the vaccine. The shot. The shot. Yeah, the emoji. shot. Or, exactly. or, or, you know how you always complain that Hinge, like, unlike all the other apps, like Hinge requires like six photos. Mm-hmm. Make that sixth photo you getting the vaccine. Okay. And holding up the card, like I like I like that a lot. But I seriously do think that just like people are very adamant about their political status, you know, blah blah Mm -hmm. blah. If you support Trump, blah blah or a voter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think this is going to be just like that, where it's gonna show up in every profile and it's gonna be, you know, I don't think it should be politicized. That's just my opinion. It's ridiculous. It's a health thing. But a lot of people do politicize it and I think Well, listen, the people that politicize it no, no, no. I agree with you. Yes. I'm saying the people that politicize public health they tend to all belong to the same party. A hundred percent. And so it'll be very educational when we see things in profiles about, you know, I'm never getting the vaccine versus like, here's my picture of me with my vaccine card. I think it'll be very similar to what people have been doing with politics for the last four years. I think that is a really good prediction. I also believe that people are very quick to say as keyboard warriors, I'm not going to get the vaccine But the reality is that when they see their friends going to baseball games or going to a Broadway show, you know what? They're going to be lining up for the vaccine too. The shame shit happened with polio. It'll just repeat itself. And you know what else I learned? Um, I was listening to a podcast. I forget which one. I think it was The Daily where Mm -hmm. they were explaining like what is life after the vaccine until people get vaccinated. So there's a couple of steps between like what happens with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And so because it's a respiratory disease virus, excuse me, you can still, even though if you're vaccinated and you're immune to it, you can still carry it in your nose hairs and pass it on to people who are not vaccinated. Yes. I read that too. I didn't hear about the nose hair thing, but, but yes, even if you're vaccinated and don't get sick, that doesn't mean you're not a carrier and can't pass it along. That's true. And as someone who has young children, you know, I am, my husband and I were ready for the vaccine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we'll vaccinate our kids yet because there hasn't been enough studies on children yet. Yeah, I think it's only approved for 16 and over. So I think that's what I've heard as well. So that said, to me, it's like, oh, okay, then uh, yeah, you, you know, until we see 
a herd immunity of like 80, 90% of people getting vaccinated, anyone who meets my kids has to wear a mask. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I wasn't allowed to see my niece over, I saw her over Thanksgiving, but I wasn't allowed near her. And it was so sad. Mm-hmm. And I understood my sister's perspective, obviously, because look, I, I am as careful as can be, but I live in a big apartment building. I still have to be mm-hmm. in the elevator with, I mean, we were all wear masks, but I still have to be in the elevator with people. I still have to press mm-hmm. buttons. I, you know, I take my dog out. And so I understood, but it w- I can't wait until the day I can just hold my niece. Like she right. just turned one and I would like, to give her a hug. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think if most of your community, if you are bubbles, like Mm -hmm. once you get vaccinated, you're going to open up a few more bubbles. Right. Mm -hmm. But if at least 80% of that bubble is vaccinated, Mm -hmm. then your kids can probably interact with people without masks just on that. I don't know. So that was the first thing. It'll be very interesting. I wonder too, if I hate the term hookup. I know that's what's widely used. I just think it, I don't like that term to mean mm-hmm. sex. Me too, regardless, yeah. regardless, I think there will be more of it because if two people are like, well, I'm cool. I'm cool. I got vaccinated. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's go to bed together. Now I sound like a grandma saying that. I'm like, what? What's no, but it's true. Point? It's true. I think the only people that might take pause, although I don't know if they're, is like I've my single parent clients. Like you know, what's funny is my single parent clients. They're so open to dating on physical dates because they're like, well, my kid's doing hybrid, so let's just let's just be cool, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, I actually um, haven't found a correlation, interestingly enough, between age and wanting to do a video date or an in-person date because, mm-hmm. granted, you know, my sample size is not statistically significant, but I work with a lot of people over 60 and most Mm. of them are wanting to meet in person, which Mm -hmm. I find interesting because that's the most at risk group. But, you know, they're saying, you know, I can only get so much on a video call. Maybe it makes sense because younger people are more inclined to be comfortable with video calls, whereas Mm -hmm. older people didn't grow up with that or anything. And so I just found that really interesting. Like a 74 year old client emailed me yesterday and she goes, enough with these video calls. Just, just put me on the date. And I'm like, right. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> to the extent that the other person is comfortable, sure. Regardless, yeah, that doesn't mean everyone should just put their, you know, drop their guard, put their guard down with right. life, with dating, with whatever it is. But I've been saying this since day one and and not everyone agrees. I think the new normal is going to look darn similar to just regular life before. And I know people say, well, no, some of these things will stick around. Yeah, maybe video dates will stick around fine. But I think people are very quick to forget. And the minute sort of the world opens back up, I think people will go back to old habits, old everything that they like to complain about before, I think will happen again. Um, I just I think people are are very quick to forget. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I don't say that with any connotation. But I think dating will look very similar to what it looked like in January of this year. Uh, and I don't know when this will go out. So January of 2020, mm-hmm. whenever, let's say, you know, October of 2021, I think it'll look very similar for better or for worse. I think, I think some things for me have changed. I never thought about before the pandemic. Okay. So I'm Greek Orthodox Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, basically what that means is, you know, I know sometimes people that are not Greek Orthodox are not well-versed in the different denominations of Christianity think, oh, that must be a really, really religious Christian because they think of Orthodox Jews. 
actually it's quite the contrary. Most Greeks are very culturally Greek Orthodox. Okay. Orthodox just means like the first of, there was a schism between the Catholic church and the Orthodox church. You know, you can look up uh, Emperor Constantine and the Byzantine empire and all that stuff to learn about these things. But anyway, so the Greek Orthodox time. church, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Greek Orthodox church though, has a lot of the same pagan rituals that existed in ancient Greece, um, Jewish rituals that existed with ancient Greeks in the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. And it's just has a lot of, you know, this is a very old religion, right? So when you're Greek Orthodox Christian and you take communion, as you go to church, first of all, you, when you enter the entrance of the church, there's usually um, an icon. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's the icon of the day, like the saints icon, St. Nicholas, December 6th, you would kiss St. Nicholas's icon. There's also usually an icon of the Virgin Mary. So there's usually one icon for the saint of the day. And then Mm -hmm. also the Virgin Mary with Jesus Christ. And Mm -hmm. what Greek Orthodox people do is you do your cross three times and then you kiss the icon. And then later on when communion happens, you get in in line. And in the Greek Orthodox faith, um, we drink wine from the common cup. The wine represents the blood of Christ. And then after you drink wine from the common cup, so that means that everyone drinks from the same cup with a spoon this one spoon mm-hmm. that the priest holds and puts it in your mouth. Yeah, that's not happening. And then either. you go to the altar boy who's holding the bread that's cut up uh-huh. and that is supposed to represent the body of Christ. You take a piece of bread and then you go on your way. So I've never thought about this. I've been doing it my whole life. My son knows how to do communion. Uh, ever since he was baptized, he's been doing communion every Sunday. Uh-huh. And then when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh my God, what the (laughs) hell have I been doing? I've been kissing an icon with like 300 other people or like I've been taking communion with like 300 other people. And by the way, I know that I have Greek Orthodox listeners on this podcast. Please spare me right now for the, there's never been a case of anyone getting sick from the common cup. There's not enough studies, A, and B. There is historical evidence that lots of children died during the Spanish flu in 1918 from the common cup in Chicago. So get out of here. Anyway, so uh, so that's changed for me. Like, I don't see myself taking communion in that way or having my son and daughter participate that in that again. And also kissing, like, the icon. Like, maybe I would do my cross and just kind of, like, blow a kiss. Mm-hmm. But I don't see myself putting my lips to the icon again. And that I don't sense. think that, you know, and you know what? Nowhere in the Bible does it say we have to do that. These are just, you know, things that you establish, uh, social constructs of religion, I suppose the dogma that exists, I guess. So that changed for me. And also birthday cakes have changed for me. Birthday cakes. I think going forward, when my kids have birthdays, I will make a cake for to cut. And then I'll always have a cupcake where they can blow off of. Oh, blowing the candle. Yeah. I I don't know if I can eat a cake again with someone having blown on the cake. (laughs) I haven't thought about that. Like that, there are just stupid things that are making me laugh. Me. I mean, that's, that's true. I haven't thought about it. I don't know. Do you think people <laughs> will go back to handshaking? Yeah. I think yeah, so too. Totally. But also like even just washing your hands protects mm-hmm. you from so many things. I mean, luckily my, my dad instilled in me very young that the first thing you do when you walk into your house is wash your hands. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I've always done, not obsessively, do you, but just like, do you change your pants or no. dress before you sit on your bed? I don't. I know some people are like no street clothes in the bed. I'm not like that. That's I'm a not... deal breaker for me. Oh, that's see, like I'm not a germaphobe. A you can wear your shoes wherever you want. You can sit wherever you want. I don't care if your dirty clothes are on my blanket. I'm like, so not 
like that, but I always wash my hands when I walk in. I, I had an, my husband's like me on this one, but like I had an ex a guy, whatever I was dating and like, we'd come home after taking a subway and then he'd go sit on the bed and I'm like, I have to clean these bed sheets now. Like that's disgusting oh, see, to me. See, I'm him. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't care. And then I know people who will just strip down the minute they walk in from anywhere. Oh yeah. I know people like that too. And I'm like, and okay, that's enough. Like, I'm just relax. not, or like take a shower. I mean, I look, I'm, cl- <laughs> I'm clean enough, you know, but, but also you can, I don't know. I got to live. I think we had a client once who told me that her son-in-law would have her undress and change in the garage when upon entering their home and then change into new clothes. And I was like, well, how do you feel about, okay, so this is sort of dating related, but not really. So how do you feel about when people make rules? If you enter my home, you must do this. You must take your shoes off. You must this, that, and the other. And like, I respect that. And I'll always do what the person wants, but then on the other hand, like in this extreme case, like changing in the garage or whatever, oh, yeah, do you really need to push your neuroses onto other people? Yeah, no, that's that's too much. It's too much. Um, I, I don't have a problem with like, if someone asked me, you know, if you want to battle some of what I'm saying with like, don't sit on my bed with street clothes, because like, listen, if you're going over someone's house, you're in street clothes and you might get into bed, just put a throw blanket on top. Or you if you're the kind of person- you feel that way. You know what else you could do? If you have a duvet, uh-huh. have a sheet under your duvet. Do you know how many people sleep with duvets without sheets under them? I find that so unhygienic. Like a top sheet? Oh my God, sheet? your face. No, like- a, Yeah, like it's a top-, a top sheet. Yeah, I have a top sheet. Doesn't everyone yeah, have a top okay sheet? Yeah, that's okay then. Because then it's like a separation. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I like to I like to be sandwiched. There are people who don't do that. And they don't I'm use like, a top oh. sheet? I, I have to make an Erica sandwich. Sheet, Erica, sheet, blanket. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's how you do it. I don't have a problem with um, taking off shoes when I get into someone's house. I think that's, uh, I think that's good. That's good practice. I, I have no problem with it, but sometimes I'd like to know in advance that that's their rule because I would wear nicer socks. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm wearing ugly socks. I need a warning. I'll match my socks to my shirt. I'll wear the cute ones that like the bottom is like, if you can read this, bring me wine. I just need ample uh... notice. Maybe you should just make all your socks cute. Touche, my friend. <laughs> Touche. That's what my husband has done. I look at my husband's socks and they're all like, he wears them still during the pandemic, like fancy socks. I mean, good for him. That's great. Okay, like how about socks like in bed? Socks in bed? No, get out of here with that. Even my son doesn't wear socks in okay, bed. Okay, I wear I socks so... in bed. Ah, are they care. like bed socks? No, they're my socks. They keep my feet warm. I get chilly. I personally wear socks from 8 a.m., like when I wake, like when I'm up to 11 PM and then they're off. Okay. I just, I, I get don't chilly know how feet. people sleep with socks. Okay. Here's another one. When you go to sleep, uh-huh. do you do, my husband hates that I do this, Uh-oh. but whatever. We've been long enough to, I lift my feet a little bit to tuck, to tuck the covers under my feet. Okay. Yeah. But how do I tuck under your feet if you're under the sheet? Okay. Do you tuck your sheet into the, do you tuck your top sheet into the bottom of the bed? No. Oh, see, I do. Oh my God. I like a nice full tuck. This is like a Seinfeld episode. This was a Seinfeld (laughs) episode. (laughs) I tuck it all in. So it's like nice and tight down there. So it's like a cozy, a cozy pocket. It's like a pita pocket. So much anxiety. Oh, well, luckily I'm so happy I'm married. (laughs) I'm so happy I'm married to someone who also doesn't like that, but I like to do the, I like to get it around my feet and my husband's like, stop it. No, no. I I put my feet in a little pita pocket down there. And then I've noticed that my husband and my son, um, 
sleep similar in the sense that after 20 minutes, they take the covers off and they're just like without a cover all night. Oh, see, mine's like up to my nose. Oh, and I, I want to be under it. Yeah. I want to look like a fox. I have an Uggs, Uggs blanket. So like, it's really warm. It's like, it's like the shoes are, are all over you. It's great. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> we have a lot of questions. This was so I personally enjoyed this chit chat. You know, you you're making my day. I I've had a really rough week, and uh, this was really. Uh, I'm happy to good, talk about palate cleanser. Er- Erica sandwiches anytime. So uh, I guess I have a lot of questions. So let's uh, I let's have do so this. So many answers. Okay. So this was sent from. I'm just going to make up names, but I will say their age and where they live. So this was sent by Janice. She's 36. She's from New York. We met at a wedding of mutual friends after hearing about each other for years. Hmm. We live two hours apart, but I'm always open to moving later on. He admitted he likes me, but because he doesn't like distance, he seems against even trying because he's been burned in the past. I've done distance also, so I'm not blind to what work it is. Should I just give up and try to be friends or any chance he might come around? We get along really well. It was super easy to be around each other and definitely felt like we knew each other for years. We hung out once since without our friends. I'm a big believer in opening doors and then deciding if and when to close them later, not closing them before you know if there's any possibility. So I agree with Janice about you know, why not just try and see what happens? I have a hard time, whether it's distance or anything else, when people project negative experiences from the past onto new people who they don't know and could have a great experience with. It happens not just with distance, but with plenty of things, with with age, with prior marital status, with job type. I mean, recently online, a client of mine who's a therapist wrote to somebody online and he basically said, my last relationship was with a therapist and she did all these crazy things, blah, blah, and it wouldn't work. And it's like, no, she was just probably not your person But to attribute all of those issues to one thing, whether that is distance or a job or whatever, I know distance is hard, but again, it's two hours. It's not, you know, 2000 miles. I would try it now to her question about, should I try to be friends with him? Do I give up? Do I this? It takes two to tango. And if one person is not interested in even trying, I wouldn't try to convince that person because- That's right you'll always be trying to convince that person. That person needs to want it too. I 100% with you. I, I, to me, two hours is like such a steal. I, when I met <laughs> my husband, he lived four and a half hours away and it was so expensive to get there too. I wasn't going to drive a car and spend, you know, gas was more expensive then too. And, you know, Amtrak or bus, like all that stuff was just such a massive expense. And of course, you know, when I met George, I didn't think we would be in a long distance relationship for six years. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was going to be a year, but two hours is nothing. It's a commuter relationship. It's barely long distance. Well, I mean, long distance is relative. Some people think that, you know, Brooklyn to New Jersey is long distance, which for some people it is, you know, so, so I'm not here to comment on what makes distance long distance, but it's just that both people have to want to try. And if someone just adamantly doesn't want to try, that doesn't seem like a good way to start a relationship. I'm trying to find right. another example of this. I, I, I need to look. I posted it on Instagram once. It was basically, it was, it was my own story. I was watching Indian matchmaking on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought one of the guys on there actually seemed really interesting. And so he came up randomly as, you know, on Facebook, you get someone you might know. 
Turns out we had a lot of friends in common because he must own his own business. So do I, so do you, you know? And so we had all of these friends in common from a business conference I had gone to. And so I wrote to him and said, hey, this is so funny. I saw you on Indian matchmaking. I was watching for work purposes. You know, I made a little joke out of it. And I said, I know you're in Colorado, but if you have any interest in getting to know someone on the East Coast, let me know. I think you seem really interesting. And he wrote back... I was glad he wrote back, but it was such a negative response. It was like, not even a thank you or wow, you know, I really appreciate that. It was, I've tried long distance in in the past. It gets expensive fast, basically not interested. And I was thinking, my God, like I wasn't asking you for, we could have had a phone call. Like I wasn't asking you for anything other than like, I was a fan, let's connect. I didn't even mention dating. Was I interested in dating? Sure. But to just close it off based on one prior experience to me was short-sighted. Yeah. Well, that's also like, like you said, not even a hello. That just... It made so many assumptions and so many... It just jumped to conclusions. I don't jump Mm -hmm. to conclusions. I just live life and see what happens. And I think that's where a lot of people differ. I mean, I know we've talked before about dating. I I always say date NATO, not attached to outcome. This person was attaching- what? What did you say? Oh, date NATO. I tell my clients to date NATO, not attached- Like the North Atlantic? No. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) In, in, In my world, it stands for not attached to outcome. Okay. And so I know- Yeah, no, no treaties here, trade or whatever. No, not attached to outcome. Because like in this case, for example, he was very attached to, he was already thinking 10 steps down the line. I don't want to be in a relationship with someone on the East. Relationship, I just take one step, you know, you go from point A to point B, not to like point X. Or point W, wedding. Oh my God. (laughs) I like that. All right, next question. Hi, Matchmaker Maria. Okay, look, she put her name in this, so I'm just going to say it. Hi, Matchmaker Maria. This is Paige from Philadelphia, and I'm 27 years old. My question is, how do I get over the fourth date hump? Oh, I love this question. I've dated a few guys that I've been super interested in, and they either end things or become distant after our fourth date, usually after we've slept together. I don't necessarily have a rule about sleeping with someone, but it's usually on date three or four. I'm really open and really try to connect emotionally with the person I'm dating, but I feel like those connections start super strong and then get lost and then end abruptly. It makes me extremely insecure about my body and skills in bed, but I'm also concerned that I'm just glorifying anyone that gives me attention. Mm. How do I strengthen communication and truly get to know someone past date four and overall stay confident in myself and dating? That's a big one. She did say all the right keywords in this. So I want to just spell those out really quick. I try to connect emotionally with the person I'm dating. In group coaching intensive, this is actually something that we, when I go over the five compatibility pillars, which is my own philosophy of long-term compatibility. One of those compatibility pillars is emotional. And I always say this is the most expensive to get. It's the most expensive to receive and connect with someone on this because it's hard to buy. (laughs) It's earned and it Mm -hmm. takes time. And there are ways to kind of cheat the system to learn if you're emotionally compatible. You know, one way is to go through Ikea together. It's also another way to learn if you're financially compatible. But the, the best cheat to learn if you're emotionally compatible is actually to not have sex in the first six weeks. So if you were to just wait a little bit, um, I know I say 12 date rule, but let's just say you waited to the seventh date, eighth date, ninth date. Chances are most of the guys that you're dating are probably never going to get that that far. And that's okay. I'd rather you not have sex with people who don't, who disappear after anyway. But if you were to wait a little bit, you can learn if you're emotionally compatible with that person in the next four to five weeks. 
But if you have sex on date three or date four, because of the chemicals that your body produces after you have sex as a female, you are blinded to learn what your emotional compatibility is until you plateau, which happens at month four, five, six, and seven. So either you can just wait a little bit in the beginning and see if this person is actually emotionally compatible and also has the same three-year, five-year goals aligned with you, actually wants to connect with you, or if he's just trying to sleep with you. Mm -hmm. If you just wait a little, you're going to learn, you know what? I really don't want to have sex with this guy. I have put him on a, what did she call it? I'm also concerned glorifying them because they Mm. give you attention. You might, yeah, you might be glorifying him Paige. or you know what? Yeah. He's worth it. I I would, I think we are emotionally compatible. I, I I've seen him on a good day. I've seen him on a bad day. He has seen me on a bad day. Mm -hmm. More importantly, he has seen me on a good day. I think you can learn a lot about people when, on how they react when you get good news. Mm. For Sula, the other matchmaker, she always says stuff like, how does he act when you get a promotion? Does he say stuff like, yeah, let's go get some champagne. Congrats. I'm so proud of you. Or does he say stuff like, great. How many more hours are you going to be working now? Ooh, that's interesting. That's great advice. Right. And you can learn this before you have sex with someone. No, I think that's all great advice. I don't have specific rules as to when to sleep with someone when not to but based on what Paige said I just want to remind her and everyone you don't have to sleep with someone because someone wants to sleep with you and so you should do things on your own time it is hard to go backwards once you start sleeping with someone it's hard to remember Mm -hmm. to get to know them (laughs) because you know who doesn't like sex who doesn't want to keep doing that and so that becomes the focus so it sounds to me Like you're more into these guys than they are into you. And I want it to be more even than that. I want you to feel like they like you just as much as you like them. And I think in those cases, they're not going to run away after you sleep together because you've built a nice foundation where you both mutually respect each other. I have a question for you based on this. So obviously for them to have sex, they're going over each other's houses. But if you want to delay sex... What do you think the best um, course of action here is? Let's say on date four during COVID, you want to invite them over for dinner. Should the woman go over the man's house or should the man go over a woman's house? Doesn't matter, but I'll just say inviting someone in or going to someone's house does not mean you're having sex. That is a completely separate choice. And if someone expects that they invite you over, expects sex because you're at their home, that is a problem. And if you want, you can say up front, like, I'm really excited about coming over. You know, I don't know where things are going to go, but I just want to let you know I'm not quite comfortable sleeping together yet. I like to move slowly. Just wanted to put that out there so it's not, you know, awkward in the moment. Being able to say- Oh, yeah. You should totally say something. And when you're fully clothed, saying that. When you're not hot and heavy, when you're not emotionally charged, when you're not physically charged, say that. And- If you're scared to say something like that, it actually tells me something about the relationship you have. Mm -hmm. Because if Mm -hmm. you're afraid, if I say this, he's not going to be happy, he's going to leave. What quality is that anyway? If someone doesn't respect your choice to go slowly, he's not the person for you. That's right. That's totally right. Um, I feel like that's even just a great buffer to just learn about the kind of person you're with. It is great. And the right answer is, of course, I wasn't going to push for that. But thank you for being so open. Thank you for being an open communicator. That should be the appropriate response when you communicate something that's important to you. And then also in actions, right? Like if you are over his house after you've said this and he has responded the way, you know, Erica just pointed out, but now his actions aren't lining up. 
Mm-hmm. That's a That's problem. That's a red too. flag. He has to know? be respectful. If you say no and he keeps pushing, that's disrespectful and that's also something to keep in mind so So i understand Paige. like it sounds like you really want a boyfriend i get that i mean i get it but not at the expense of who you are your boundaries all of that and so it will feel different with someone who respects you and who will wait if you want to wait that person will not go away after you've slept with them i love that Easier said than done. I know. Like we can say all of this stuff while we're sitting here, but when you're in the moment, I know how hard it is. If you're really attracted to someone, you're not going to want to wait. I get that. So, you know, just think about it. Like, am I looking for something long-term? I want to build a a, a nice foundation with this person first, even if it's hard to wait, because it'll be better when you do do it. I actually have an audio question. Hi, Matchmaker Maria. It's Kelsey, and I'm from Seattle, and I'm 28 years old. I'm finally dating a really great guy who treats me well after a string of emotionally unavailable men. We live about an hour apart, but our sexual chemistry isn't great, and I don't particularly like his clothes. Am I being too nitpicky? uh, My friends say that I probably am, um, and how do I get over that? Thank you. That's a, a kind of a fun, interesting question. So I heard two things in there. I heard you don't like his clothes. And then I heard you don't have great physical chemistry. Did I hear that right? Mm, Those are two so. completely separate things. Physical chemistry, I don't think would have to do with somebody's clothes because, well, if you're being that physical. You're not wearing them. So, so the, <laughs> hey, it's just your delivery. It's just your delivery. Like, Thank it's you. great. <laughs> I'll I'll be here all day. Um, So the physical chemistry piece to me is much more important than clothing. Let's forget the clothing for a second. It's great when someone treats you well. And I would want to keep that too. And really, you just have to decide the hierarchy of what's important to you in a relationship. Is the physical the most important? If so, can you work on your physical chemistry or is it just not there? Does he know you feel this way? Are you faking things during sex or are you expressing to him that, you know, you like things differently? Again, communication is going to be really important. Sex can get better over time, but the person has to know sort of how you're feeling and where you are. Because if you give all the positive enforcement that, you know, he thinks it's the best ever for you, then he's not going to change anything and, and vice versa. So... I would think about how important that is and how comfortable you feel discussing it with him. Now, as for the clothes, I don't know. We all have people whose clothes we don't like. I, I, I don't know what to say about that. I would say at the beginning of a relationship, though, you shouldn't be automatically trying to change things about that person. I want you to take that person as they come. Over time, yeah, maybe you go shopping together. Fine. But I wouldn't oh, yeah. go into <laughs> something thinking, oh, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. I'm going to change this. I 100% agree with you on the physical aspect. In terms of clothes, someone who's been there with uh, my husband. Um, was it that bad? Uh, but it was that bad. It was. <laughs> my husband was wearing baggy jeans and like shirts with beer bottles on them. And he was faculty at the Harvard School of Public Health. And I was just like, well, I don't think the way you look reflects the person that you are and you know he's just he's a very um easygoing person so I don't think he even realized you know certain things like some holes some shirts had holes in them he's like oh it's just a tiny hole and I'm like yeah anyway but I'd like to quote 
the queen here, uh, Beyonce. She did have a song called Upgrade You. You can listen oh to it. That's what I played when I went three months into our relationship on a $1,000 shopping spree for my husband for his name day, which is like a Greek birthday. And that's what I did. I took all of his t-shirts and I said, these are indoor clothes. You can wear them as pajamas. <laughs> then the good t-shirts that he had, I mean, this is what wives do too. The good t-shirts that he had, I was like, you can wear these out. And then for work, you can only wear collared shirts. <laughs> so polos, shirt, button shirts, but like, you know, look professional. I'm only laughing because my mom does that to my dad. Yeah, she'll be like, Marty, what are these pants? You can't wear these pants outside the house, Marty. It's like I knew I had never done to a person before. I think that's when I knew that I was gonna end up marrying my husband because I was like wifing him. Um, Yeah, I agree with all of that. But like, but still, I wouldn't go into something thinking you're gonna change. Oh, God, no, I didn't even know I was going to do that. It was like just like, I was three months into the relationship. I was like, you know what, he needs new clothes. But before that, I was like, ah, this does not really matter like none yeah. of it matters like right now my husband spends all day in sweatsuits well Although, we, we all Zoom do meetings he still wears a collared shirt <laughs> good good he retains some information that's good but is it too nitpicky that's up to you i mean everyone yeah. has things that are important to them how important is it to you everyone has what i call perceived flaws okay and i call them perceived flaws because they're not actual mm. flaws they're not like objective flaws but they're things that you see as a flaw if his clothing is a perceived flaw you just have to decide can i live with it or can i not because everyone has some and ultimately the person you're going to be with they're going to have these perceived flaws and you just have to decide which ones you can live with and which ones you can't i but but if he's wearing pleated pants though we'll we'll need to talk because then i'll take him shopping because pleated pants no that's all i want to say do you ever watch like old movies? Like, oh my God, you know what I was watching yesterday? Okay, let me take a, a step back. Two days ago or a day ago, I don't remember when now. I saw a commercial for Mighty Ducks okay. 2020. The movie? Did, did you watch the Mighty Ducks, the movies when you were a kid? I mean, probably, maybe. Okay, This no. is really important to the story. <laughs> okay, then no, pretend I haven't. Okay, so Mighty Ducks, it's with Emilio Estevez and Joshua Jackson. Is it hockey? It's a hockey movie. Yeah, I probably saw it. Okay. Yeah, it was very popular when we were kids. I remember I had the VHS and I watched it like a thousand times. Mm -hmm. But I haven't watched it since I was like 10 years old, 11 Mm -hmm. years old, whatever, right? And so they show the commercial for the 2020. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like so excited. Uh Because Emilio Estevez is in it again, you know? And I'm like, yeah, like, so I was like, let me watch the first movie just for nostalgia's sake, right? Mm -hmm. I put it on and I was like, oh, this is a case study on what not to do. Like he all of a sudden starts dating. Okay, spoiler alert, but he- he starts coaching as a community service for getting a DUI, this like ragtag group of children who play hockey. Okay. And he's very wealthy. Like he takes this limo and puts it on the ice skating rink to like get their attention, whatever. Anyway. So the main player mm-hmm. played by Joshua Jackson, Conway mm-hmm. is his last name. I forget his first name now. He has a mom who's also one of the protagonists. Okay. She's very supportive. Like she, she is the 1992 version of a Karen. Like, how okay. dare you put a limousine on an ice skating rink? Which, by the way, she's right. But still, like, there's just a lot of things that are very okay. Karen-esque about her. Anyway, 
also <laughs> in the movie she looks significantly older she's probably the same age as him but she looks older than Emilio Estevez and Emilio Estevez is like a pretty good looking guy in the 90s like she mm-hmm. also looks like I'm so used to on TV where the the woman is just like way better looking than the man and she has like <laughs> extremely curly blonde hair okay um, you know mom look whatever anyway so he's kind of like trying to date her in the movie mm-hmm. like this movie is about training children to play peewee hockey mm-hmm. and now he's putting the moves on her and what he says to her on their first date like she points out this house and she goes you know that's my window like i say that i live there and my son he lives in this window and he goes which window is mine and i'm like this is a first date <laughs> and that was her reaction too she's like i just met you and this is my son and I don't, my son is falling in love with you and I don't want to, and then anyway, anyway, so moving on, moving on, moving on. They win the peewee final championship, whatever the playoffs, the playoffs. And he kisses her. And I'm just like, what is this relationship? Like you come over for dinner, you get a kid. And the thing is like, you learn in the next movie, like the number two, there's a few, the next there's three of them. Um, in the second movie where the kids are now in private school, like they got so good, they sent them to private school. You learn that Gordon Bombay, Emilio Estevez's character was a 30 year old man. So then I'm like, oh, Conway's mom was like at least 45 years old in this movie. And he was just a younger man, like dating older woman. Anyway, I'm just, random, I'm not sure. Whatever. I'm not sure. <laughs> and, and how does that, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm just saying that like their date, their first date was like, I feel like the worst first date ever put on TV. Oh, like that's okay. not how you act. Like, I was just like, what are you saying, Emilio Estevez? And who are you? Anyway. Yeah. Right, whatever. Okay. Next okay. question. Next question. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Listen, if you, if you are a Mighty Ducks fan, like I am, you better post this shit on Instagram and support me. Okay. That was the world's worst first date. Which window am I? All right. Anyway. Okay. Hi, here's a question. As someone in her mid-30s, many of my dating prospects have already been married or have children. How soon should you bring up the topic of whether he wants to get married again or have more children? I don't want to waste anyone's time, including my own, but I also don't want the guy to think I need to get married and have children tomorrow. That's a good question. Great question. First, see if you like the person first. So don't put the cart before the horse. I mean, if you start out by saying, so you want to get married again, you want to have kids? I would run for the hills. I mean, that's way too much too soon. So see if you have rapport first before you even start thinking about this stuff. Second, a lot of these questions can be answered already on most of the online dating sites. Only choose people who say they want children. Like on Bumble, for example, you can select have kids and want more. On Hinge, you can select open to kids, have kids. So only choose those people. And then that answers that for you. So that's one thing you don't have to ask, assuming they're being you know, honest yeah. about it. So I would build some rapport with someone first before you get to all of these questions. I think a lot of people make the mistake of asking these personal questions too soon before you even know the person. And a lot of times it'll be a moot point because you either don't want to continue seeing that person or you do and it comes out organically. I 100% agree with you. And I also want to just point out what she said about, I don't want to waste their time or mine. And it's Uh kind of like, I've said this before about like how so much of like getting into a relationship is like, you know, getting the wedding dress. Like you can't, you still, you're only going to go down the aisle with one dress, just like you're only going to marry, you know, end up with one person in most relationships. I mean, I'm sure there's polyamorous people, but I don't listen to this show. Anyway, although I am that one of my future guests is in a throuple. 
Ooh. So that's coming up in the new year. Yeah. Yeah, She's like married to a man and they have a girlfriend together or something like that. I'm very excited about this interview, but nonetheless. Okay. So, so most likely you're going to end up marrying this one person and it's like wedding dress shopping. You, I know you think I don't want to waste my time with someone, but just like Erica said, you're putting the horse before the carriage. You still have to go wedding dress shopping to get that dress. And that's an analogous have to, to date people. Yes. Yeah. You still have to date people. I agree. And if you start thinking of things as a waste of time, that's, that's just such a bad attitude to go into dating with. Like everything is a learning experience. No date is a waste of time. Each one gets you closer to where you want to be. You're not going back mm-hmm. to square one. If one, pro- I hate when clients say, well, that didn't work out. I'm back at square one. Well, no, you're not. Yeah. You learned something about yourself. You learned about the other person. Maybe you learned what you like, what you don't like. No, like incremental steps count. So none of it is a waste of time ever. But if you start thinking of it like that, then dating will be a depressing experience. Just think of it as meeting a new person, the end. It's all about coming into dating with the mindset of abundance. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, when you come into it with like this mindset of scarcity of like, what a waste of time. I don't want to waste my time. I feel like the universe is just going to keep giving you people that are a waste of your time. Well, you know, I don't believe in the universe stuff, but I do believe you sort of get out of things what you put into them. And so if you go in thinking, like when people go on first dates and think, okay, I wonder what'll happen. I'm going to meet a new person. They generally have a good time regardless. But if you go into this first date thinking, ugh, I don't want to be here. This is going to be a waste of my time. What are you going to find? That you don't have a good time. It's no secret. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Totally. So call that the universe Um, or call it whatever you want, but it's true. I do want to, before I let you go, Uh, I do want to answer one last question. And this is a very short question. So somebody asked me, how can I submit my dating profile to be reviewed, but not on TikTok? (laughs) That is a great question. So here's the thing. Uh, Yes, if you don't know this on TikTok, you can find me at the real, uh, it's called Real Matchmaker Maria. And I review online dating profiles. Uh, Honestly, I'm not the expert. She's pretty hilarious though. But it's good, it. it's good commentary. I think, you know, you have a third person view of this and yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, it's a lot of, it's a, a lot of it's like things I've learned from you, Erica, like oh, the you. words message baits. That's not mine. I always tell people that's Erica's, but when you know, I hear you, you say it, it makes me smile. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so look, if I review stuff on TikTok, that's obviously content and it's free. I have no problem reviewing your profile for free because you're providing me content. But if you want us to review your profile privately, you can hire us uh, yes. and specifically hire Erica. So Erica works with the Agapi team. She works with uh, with myself, Chrisula, Louie, the whole team, um, some of which have been guests on this podcast. Yeah, they're great. And you have the option of a makeover or a takeover. So Erica can make over your profile or she can take it over for three months And I'm going to provide those links in the bio. So if you are interested in a makeover or a takeover, check out the link in the bio, set up a consultation with us. It's a free information (laughs) consultation. And that way we could figure out what's the, you know, right approach for you. And that we could start working with Erica in the new year, which is such a great time to do these things. It really is. Uh, Historically and granted nothing you know, this year was an anomaly, but historically the time after New Year's is a very busy time for online dating because in in normal years, uh, a lot of people have spent time with their families, realize, okay, I I think I'm ready. I've gotten all the questions from, you know, Uncle Harold and 
and Aunt Betty, and uh, now I'm ready to meet someone. Yep, yep, yep. So I have neither an to... Uncle Harry nor an Aunt Betty, just FYI. If you're ready to do this in 2021, check out the link in my, in the episode notes and uh, schedule a consultation with our team so that Erica can either give you a makeover or a takeover. Erica, thank you again for joining Ask a Matchmaker. Thank you for having me. It's always so much fun. I love you so much. And I wish oh, you I a really you happy break. I don't know if you're really going to have a break because this is the busy season for I know. Erica. Well, yes. Although I am, believe it or not, I'm taking off the week between Christmas and New Year's. You'll be getting an email from me soon. Uh, I need a week to do nothing. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because then January, January 1st, it's, uh, it's go time here. So, all right. Exactly. Have a happy new year. I will talk to you in the new year. And for anyone listening, if you celebrate, Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate, happy week, happy Chinese food. Thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. If you love what you heard and you have not already, rate, review, and of course, subscribe. Do you have a dating or relationship question? You can visit askamatchmaker.com to submit your audio question or written question. Whatever's fine. I love audio questions, but you can totally write if you wish. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria for more dating and relationship tips. And you can follow Erica at a little nudge uh, on Instagram as well. I'll I'll have these links in the episode notes. Until then, be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.